everyone, welcome to episode 168 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. Well, not Jeff, but Andy and Randy. <laughs> it's August in Florida, and apparently the weather can't decide if it wants to drown us into submission or just simply just use the heat to melt us away into another of the countless parking lot puddles that we established <laughs> here sure. every single day. This is my 18th year in Florida, and this one seems particularly soggy, overly drastic in the heat index arena. So hopefully today's episode finds you in a cool, dry place where all humans should be stored for optimum freshness. <laughs> Hang on, people. Fall is coming. And I, the reason I know that? Barn party planning is underway. That's right. So I know this to be true and a fact. And by the way, if you'd like to help us make this year's barn party the best yet, send an email to John Monday, John at hospitalchurch.org, and he'll get you hooked up because, like, who doesn't love barn party? That's right. Absolutely. No barn, but it's a big party. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) No barn, but a big party. So last week, we were reminded to put yourself before God. Ask him to give you the ability to extend mercy similar, notice the similar, to what he has extended to you, and don't leave anyone out. And don't leave anyone out. First part seems much easier to digest as a general rule for (laughs) day-to-day living, but the whole and don't leave anyone out makes that two-sentence combo a bit more difficult to digest should we decide to be honest with ourselves. But that being said, it's a good place to start. All right, we continued on this week with our case for kindness, and we came to the peacemakers. So, Andy, <laughs> yeah, peace be with you, oh, Andy McDonald. And also with you. <laughs> there you go. The greeting of and wishes of peace has fallen out of favor in our lexicon, and yet, as you mentioned, was revitalized by the flower children of Woodstock, albeit in a truncated <laughs> form of simply peace. Peace. Uh, early on, <clears throat> Jeff Gang used to greet deeper congregation with Sabbath peace. Oh, really? And it was really nice. It was one of those things that you just, I don't know, I'd never heard anyone say it before. And yeah. So people started just seeing each other in the hall or as before or after service, like Sabbath peace. That very, was very nice. Kind of nice. In the words of an obscure to most 80s album and song, peace sells, but who's buying? <laughs> we say we want peace. We can all choose peace. But are we really buying peace? Is that really what we're looking for? I don't know. I think so. I think, I, I think peace is something we'd really want. It depends what you mean by peace. We'll talk Absolutely. about that. We I'm will. Sure. <laughs> but looking at the world around us, it's pretty evident that peace isn't the norm, whether we're talking about the personal or political realms as a general <laughs> rule. So have we become so jaded that we just don't believe that there's actually peace in, in either form is actually attainable anymore? You know, like why bother? There's no possible thing for peace. So as we struggle, do we just give up and say, forget it? We just try to avoid it and go, I, I don't know. I'm fairly happy. I don't know if I need peace. Yeah. And, or we begin to think it maybe maybe something we have is peace. And <laughs> we <laughs> oh, just decide that's what it's going to be. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Because, you know, peace sounds like a great idea, idyllic even. But the realization quickly becomes that it really isn't easy. And it seemingly never lasts for as long as we'd hope, given all the work that it takes to do it. What's the end game for us personally, spiritually, and maybe for kingdom impact that makes working towards peace worth it? Let's start with spirituality. Is, is it worth all the effort to put into this when we can just kind of move along as we go? Only if we want to be called children of God. <laughs> oh, okay. There's your end game. So I'm going to say that that's a yes. That's a yes. That's a yes. And then yeah. personally, I mean... Can we have spiritual peace without being at peace with ourselves and peace with who? That's, I think they're probably much more linked than we would like to imagine. Hmm. That, that there's that that whole ability to, to have a degree of not self-satisfaction, but, but just being at, at peace, at, at sort of at one is, yeah. uh, is critical. 
Well, I think that we here in the West, probably America even more so than maybe any place else on earth, growing up here, this is what we know. We have a comparative haven of peace. Oh, yes. I mean, really, personally, politically, I mean, you name the peace that you can attain. (laughs) And we probably, and maybe that's what lulls us into this idea that maybe we don't need to do anything else because, (laughs) you know, I mean. Pretty peaceful place to live. At the end of the day, life is pretty good. So, I mean, can we ever or how do we become exposed to this alternative reality of the true and prolonged absence of peace that other people just live every day and almost triggers them to say, you know what, you know, what would be a great place to go. I think the United States would be a pretty, pl- yeah. pretty good place to go. <laughs> you know, you start to realize why people, when you stop and think about this, why mm-hmm. people are coming here, even though we're far from perfect as a nation and as a people, but, but, that, but the presence of wars and conflict and, bad events and terrible crisis and food shortages. and I mean, just going on the list of things that could disturb your peace. Yeah. <clears throat> There's many of them that we don't have to fool with. That's right. It just seems like we're like, it doesn't always register. I mean, I guess I, I thought about this and I was said, you know, how many times a day, how many times maybe I should not say day because maybe never <laughs> uh, or long stretches, how many weeks or how many months do I go? Wow, I don't know. Am I at peace with X, Y, Z? Am I at peace with my life? Am I at peace with the coffee I drink? Am I at peace well, with what well I that, do for a living? I mean, what, what do probably, we have to be at peace Well, that at? probably speaks well of you, Randy. I mean, the fact that the fact that your life is probably, sounds like, uh, have a, has a lot of peacefulness to it. It's hectic, it, but yeah, yeah. Right. You know, there's the part I think you feel like when things are hectic and things quiet down and you're like, ah. Oh, That's peaceful. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, man, that feels really good. But that's really not the peace necessarily that we're talking about here. Right. And you can be in a very peaceful pastoral setting (laughs) and not have any peace at all. So it's not not, uh, necessarily environmental. I think that also makes it difficult for us to understand when someone else may not – their life may not maybe be as peaceful or maybe they're not as content. I don't know if that's the right word that creates this inner turmoil that we may not see because we're pretty good at hiding it. How do we find that out about someone? How do we interact in a way that helps us maybe find people that are really struggling and not finding peace to be a a help? Yeah, I think it's just like anything. It's a depth of knowledge. It's a getting acquainted with beyond the surface. It's being able to hear what's your true story. What is it that you're wanting that you don't have right yet? Yeah. Um, because oftentimes feeling of discomfort or being at ill versus being at peace comes from unfulfilled expectations and that yeah. kind of thing as well. So the absence of trouble seems like a good enough definition to me of peace <laughs> on most days. Okay. Yeah. And maybe that has just taken all the energy I have to accomplish. Like, okay. I, I'll be I, good with that. Yeah, I'll be not, good with just no trouble. Like, you know, the car didn't break down today. <laughs> Does the AC still work in the house? Did I eat today? I think I'm pretty good. What's all this talk about our highest good? We heard that more than once mm-hmm. this past week. I mean, there better be a serious <clears throat> payoff if I'm buying passing comfort and simple to go for peace and plowing forward towards this highest good. Yeah, I think part of that highest good thing is that we're not settling for ho-hum. Mm. And especially when we're seeking, we're, we're being peacemakers. Uh, peace uh, 
seekers is different than being peacemakers. Ooh. And oftentimes when we think about being peacemakers, if we can just get to a status quo, if we can just get to some kind of level ground, if we can just sort of calm <laughs> things down, we're satisfied. Yeah. I think we've done enough peacemaking. Yeah. But if I'm really going to be a peacemaker, it's not just wanting you to be at peace. It's wanting you to be at peace with all the abundance of everything good God ever wants to put in your life. And so that's that's beyond just absence of conflict. <laughs> Yeah, that's almost that's almost a whole person approach sure. to it. Right. But I struggled with this to be honest because <laughs> I really started to think about what would I do? I mean, you know, we all have bad days. We all go through bad stretches sure. of our life. And then I don't know, maybe it's my Midwest upbringing, but I'm thinking what would I want someone to do or what could someone do if during that time, I don't know, I could have used X, Y, or Z. I mean, like, could you put your finger on something that somebody could actually do to bring more peace to your life or to speak into your life about a certain subject? And I really struggled with how do we take this idea that we want to give the abundance Mm -hmm. of everything that God has and help somebody realize it? Because if they're not in that peace, Mm -hmm. am I just missing some of the abundance that I don't even realize God has? And so for me, it's like, well, you can't give someone what you don't know is there. So maybe it's me. Maybe I'm missing out. Well, no, I think think that if if we think about a person who is being treated unfairly at work, let's just use that as an illustration. Okay. And so they're not at peace in in the workplace. For me to go to them and try to console them and try to comfort them, is peacemaking at a very elementary level. Sure. That's just be, if I can just sort of reduce the trouble. But to seek for them to have a promotion, to work to fight for uh, against the maybe ill will or wrongful understandings, to put myself out there to try to make their whole work life better yeah. versus just getting it to be a no fights anymore kind of thing. Because it doesn't mean we're trying to solve every one of their problems. No, no. We're just – we're not trying to uh, minimize their lack of peace or be satisfied with just the absence of trouble. We want them to also have all the blessing. Uh, yeah. You know, the whole idea of blessed are those uh, – <laughs> blessed are the peacemakers. We want them to have all the blessings as well. Because we know there's an expectation with that. That's correct. I mean we know that if that's one of the Beatitudes, if that's one of these that God's putting out there, it's not because it's like, oh, well, you know, just do something. Just do – just take care of the minimum and that, that should be fine. That right. should be fine. <laughs> well, I like the story the way you tied in David and Bathsheba and Nathan because I think that maybe gives us a closer idea mm-hmm. of, you know, I think most people can tell you that story in a condensed version. But never thought of Nathan as a peacemaker. Right. No, no, because this is ridiculous. Because, you know, we get to the portion that most people could tell you, David Bathsheba, you know, he sends Uriah off to war. The deed happens. It affected his life and his family lineage. We know about all that. And that's kind of where the story gets left a lot of times. Right. Nathan is tasked with the extremely unpleasant and seemingly suicidal task yeah, of telling suicidal. a king <laughs> who just had his mistress's husband murdered that he knew and God knew of his sordid actions in this thing. And being a peacemaker isn't always going to be this intense, but it's not always going to be easy. Right. What's our best takeaway from that story in that context to being peacemakers? Well, peacemakers are not a conflict avoiders. Well, no, no. And, and yet we oftentimes think of peacemaking as, yeah. is reducing the conflict. And it may actually be to raise the conflict to be able to land at true peace. Mm-hmm. You can't have real peace if you're just sweeping things under the carpet. Yeah. Uh, so you have to you have to get the truth on the table and then you have to help negotiate um, a 
peace treaty. Because <laughs> I never thought, I mean, I, the first sermon that I ever preached was on David and Bathsheba. Mm. And I found the whole story after researching it in more detail than I had ever had before. And I was looking for the notes last night. It's on a hard drive I have somewhere. <laughs> and it was one of my favorite topics ever. It's one of my favorite stories because after preaching that message, it was just like you felt like you had a whole nother understanding of David and a man after God's own heart. And then you see Nathan come into this and you it's, it's an impossible task. I mean, he had to be just going – no way, God. I could die over this. <laughs> <laughs> you can't send me to tell him this. I mean, did you see what just happened? We, you know, no. But then I, I love how David Bathsheba eventually named his son after Nathan. Later on, one of their hmm. four sons. But not everyone is going to take our peacemaking efforts as David did. He no. realized it. He repented. He obviously became friends with Nathan and held him in high regard. And how do we not let those things discourage us, though, when someone doesn't take you know, they don't take the advice or they don't take the help. And instead you just feel like you end up making an enemy. Cause I feel like that's why we don't do it sometimes. Right. Cause sometimes the, the dealing with the truth on the way to peace <laughs> can, can feel like, Oof. Oh, you're, you're being, you're being hard on me yeah. or you're being hard on the situation. And when, when really until there's ownership, until there's repentance, until there's confession, uh, that whole peace of God that he wants for them can't fully be theirs. And so yeah. it is, it can be a very st sticky wicket. Cause it seems like the other part of this is in just from my own experience, you get into a middle of something like, I mean, not even nearly like David and Bathsheba, but you get in the middle of some of these situations and it's like, are you judging me? <laughs> right. And then, you know, it's hard because then the lobby comes back over and it's like, well, <laughs> I know you did this. And, and you, a lot of the times the people that you're helping are going to be those that are closest to you. They know you the best and they're going to have plenty of ammunition to send back your way. Like, how can you talk into my life? <laughs> well, one of the one of the things that peacemakers probably should learn <laughs> is, is to the art of asking questions versus telling people things. Ooh, that's because because when, when you're talking about something that's out of sorts and you want to bring peace to it, asking the person involved questions about it that they have to think through and process uh, helps them come to the determinations on their own versus what so oftentimes if we come and we start telling them things, it can seem very accusatory yeah. as opposed to I'm wanting to try to bring peace to your life. <laughs> <laughs> sure you are. Yeah. A little self-realization in the process would probably go a long way to help them versus <laughs> accuse you. That's, right. that's probably not bad. Well, that was going to be my next question was, is there anything like book wise, anything you've read, uh, resources for someone that's like, I'd like to be a better be peacekeeper. Well, there's a whole peace, peacemaker materials. I mean, there's whole, there's whole studies I there must be. Um, in fact, I think Stephanie Johnson, our new youth pastor, has done a, quite a bit of work in peace, peacekeeping and peacemaking. She did tell me that yeah. on this past mm -hmm. week, actually. Yeah. Hmm. And so she would be a great resource to go to for uh -huh. more materials as well. All right. Well, Stephanie Johnson, you are on notice. <laughs> I think this is the first time we've ever uttered your name on the podcast. And so, you know, if you have a little bit of time, send Stephanie an email and maybe she has some resources for you. And I'm sure she oh, shared yeah. a lot with me just in a few minutes. And so I'm sure she'd be willing to share it with you. Stephanie as well. at hospitalchurch.org. That's it. Yeah. Is, that a, is that PH or F? That's a PH. S, S right? <laughs> you can. <laughs> Call the church office yeah, call, if you need to. If, Use the if app. It's, if it's wrong, try the other one. <laughs> yeah, if it's wrong, if it bounces back, it wasn't the one we told you. Oh, man. I just really felt like this this message, it took me twice going through it to start really mm -hmm. thinking about it and letting it sink in. So I don't want anyone to think like there wasn't a lot here because when you start digging through the story, even just of David and Bathsheba and Nathan, I read it through a couple times. 
it's very easy to say, well, you know, peacemakers. <laughs> I mean, some people just can't be reached and some people don't want my help. And, <laughs> and it's very easy for us because it's not something we're really looking forward to, to just say, I'm not doing this. Yeah. But I think to go back, listen to the message and really stop and go back and read the story in the Bible. It's really good. I tried it in two, one, two, three different versions Mm -hmm. as I read through it. And that kind of helped me kind of wrap my mind around it. And I'm not sure I still can just say, you know what, I I, I have all the answers, but I also know that, like you said, if you can ask some questions Mm -hmm. and people that you find that might be willing to share with you and to ask questions and just be supportive in the process. And in our own journey to peacemaking ourselves for ourselves, even to recognize the the need to let things go and to be able to, to, you know, set things aside and say, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to hold on to that. And, and that's part of the journey to peacemaking as well. You kind of have a, have to have a little bit of a little thick skin too, probably Mm -hmm. to withstand the first barrage is something I thought (laughs) of. And, you know, because no one likes to, again, even if probably if you do it as kindly and as gently as you can, some people might immediately take offense. And so you almost have to get past that first barrage and just listen and do more listening than talking will probably get you a lot further. Well, this week, one of our FHC takeaways asked, when do you feel least peaceful? And I think this takeaway is a little less about a question to be answered than it is a reflection of ourselves to take stock of our personal peace or possibly the lack thereof. To understand our own periodic lack of peace during different times in our lives will likely shine a light at the root of our own unrest and allow us to bring it to God in prayer. I think it's pretty difficult to be a peacemaker while at war with oneself. That's (laughs) kind of what – after I was done reading that story and really kind of digesting it all, that's kind of what I came to. So something to think about. And our final thoughts are from the closing of Andy's message. He said, in the final analysis, being a peacemaker is about working to bring about not just the absence of trouble, but all of that which makes and supports and enables the highest good. Jesus modeled for us a willingness to lay down his life for others, for us. And now he calls us to be his body doing that same work in our world. So final question, Andy, what do you think is the most important thing we need to do to become regular and excellent peacemakers? What's this like, what's the most important thing we should do? Ah, wow. That's a great question. Because I I really thought about this one and I'm like, you know, maybe there's mm -hmm. one thing that just after reading and preparing and doing all this, you're like, you know. I I think probably just, I think praying for the Holy Spirit to give us a sensitivity Mm. to wanting to bring peace to our world. There is so much non-peace <laughs> in our world and to think about helping people that are very different from us that we may even actually have been at war with yeah. to, to move toward having the greatest degree of peace and the blessings all the blessings that god wants for them wanting good for those who've done us harm maybe even so it's, it's a it's a whole new thing and i think i think just asking the holy spirit to give us a heart for peacemaking Give us a hard for it, and then if he presents the opportunity, take charge, please. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably screw – well, I know I'll screw it up, but not probably. All right. Upcoming this week will be part one, two, three, four. Yep. Right? Four, and letting, letting the bad bring the good. Letting the bad bring the good. Oh, I'm intrigued. Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12. Oh, so you can actually go man, read up. That's only three verses, people. Yeah. We'll be, we can prepare. Yeah, people who think they really like the Beatitudes may not have read the end. 
<laughs> All right. Now I'm really intrigued. All right. So I'm going to have to go read that. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Welcome back to our audio engineer, Tom Schneider, who has been on vacation in Europe. Yeah, Don't we feel bad? Suffering a Yeah. Lot. It was good weather. We're here in, a, in the heat index yeah. and they're enjoying good weather, but good to have you back. And as always, do join us next Wednesday. We'll be back for episode 169 as usual. Thanks for listening and have a great week.